0: It's going to be the best episode ever, you're going to love it, it's going to be, going to be great. Alright. Terrific. <laughs> Hello and welcome to This Should Work podcast session number nine, and this is a bit of a special session. Um, before we jump into session 10 next week, uh, which is going to be our interview with um, the Hamfesters Radio Club, uh, so they do amateur radio, um, we wanted to talk a little bit about our new video cast on YouTube and the process that went in um, behind making it and some of the things that we do differently because we're, we're pretty new at making this kind of stuff. Um, and then we, we go into some of the projects that we uh, talked about in the episode too. So it should be a pretty fun one to listen to if you're interested in, um, you know, listening to some of the weird musings and things that, uh, that uh, Andy, uh, my co-host, and I um you know talk about during the the video that we're going to be making um so uh yeah yeah i really enjoyed making this session with andy and just kind of um kicking back and relaxing and talking a little bit about uh, you know some of the things we're passionate about and um, where we think the future of this this video component of this should work um should be headed so uh thanks for joining us again and uh if you've been a long-time listener now for the past couple months, uh, please share our podcast with uh, with all the people uh, who you think might be interested in this and uh, tell them where they can find us, whether that's uh, on iTunes where you can subscribe or uh, Overcast or SoundCloud or any of those other places. And uh, also check out shouldworkmedia.com uh, and uh, follow us there as well where we post... All of our, our podcasts and now our videos as well. Okay, so I hope you enjoy this episode and um, please stay tuned next week. We're going to be interviewing the Hamfesters Amateur Radio Club. And we're going to be talking a little bit about the, the lineage of, of radio and how that's contributed, uh, I think, in a big way to a lot of what we call maker culture now. All right, so here's session nine, a conversation with Andrew Morton about the new This should work, videocast. Thanks for listening. So, this is uh, this should work podcast session number nine, and this is a little special interim kind of episode. Next week, we're going to be hearing from our friends from HamFesters. We have some other really exciting guests coming up that I can't wait for you to meet. Um, But this special episode, we are going to cover the new This Should Work YouTube channel that we just opened up. And I have sitting here with me, uh, Andrew Morin, uh, my co-host on the show. Say hi. Hi, <laughs> and, uh, and so what we're going to do today is talk a little bit about, um, you know, in the true spirit of maker culture, we're going to talk a little bit about how the, how the show went, things we did, we think we did right, things we can do differently, um, and we're going to go in a little bit uh, uh, with the some of the projects that we talked about in the episode. So the, the first episode was all about, um, you know, picking projects for the next several episodes uh, unfortunately, because we wanted to cut down on time, we didn't talk about those projects uh, too terribly in depth uh, in the show itself. And so this will be a time for us to kind of share our passion about those things a little bit more. How does that sound?
1: Good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Thanks. far, I've been <laughs> monosyllabic. Yeah, I'd I stick with it. Yeah, you've got like the Ed McMahon kind of, but toned down Ed McMahon going.
1: Um, I can tone it up. Uh, so what, I don't think that's what we need in this show.
0: Uh, uh, okay. I'll, I'll bring the sizzle if you bring the steak. So, um, so, you know, first episode we recorded out of, um, out of space lab and, you know, the, the, our, our maker Um, and, uh, you know, I think the content w- was pretty good, but, you know, being a first episode and especially because, um, particularly I am not very, Tr- well trained in any of the stuff that we were doing as far as recording goes, you know, there are definitely, and, and editing for that matter, there are definitely a lot of things that I'd like to change. But, um, you know, I think a good way to start, maybe me not me talking about the things I'd like to change, but you talking about some of the things that you, th- you liked, some of the things that, um, you know, you, you think we should have done differently, and whatever else. So what do you think, Andy?
1: Man, I had notes and everything, and then you throw curveballs, mm-hmm. let's see. Um, I guess uh, to me, I was rather hoping we were gonna aim for something more Mythbustersy, where we were less ta- less of us on less talking heads on camera, mm-hmm. and more uh, illustrations, insert shots and such. And so, yeah, you know, up to a point, what we did is good, and it, and it gets our points across. Yeah, but I don't know who anybody who doesn't know us isn't going to be that interested in watching us talk.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think that part of that is just my failure in this first time I've ever, ever edited a video before. Um, but I agree. I think, you know, most of it's talking, I did some clever things to quick, up quicken up the pace I thought, but it does, it does need some, some cutaways of us doing sketches and, um, uh, you know some of the B-roll that we cut and stuff like that could have gone in there a little bit better too.
1: So well, and sometimes it's also yeah. like when you when you write an essay, and you know goal number one of an essay is get that topic sentence, topic right. paragraph, and then I don't know that was always the that was the high school mistake that was always made. Yeah. You go to get the topic sentence. Go to get the topic paragraph, and then you go through and actually write the thing. And by the time you get to the end. Almost nothing in that topic paragraph is still useful or meaningful. Yeah. And so you're better off just doing your conclusions at the end. Yeah. And then coming back to it. So the fact that we haven't actually done these projects makes them harder to introduce.
0: Yeah, that's true. Huh. Okay. Well, and that's probably the nature of doing more of a, um, like a, 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 not real time, but, you know, we're releasing these things right around when we, when we cut them versus recording a whole season something and then going back and, and doing it you know
1: that would take uh, however many which uh, which kind of brings right. back to the Mythbusters model which is I, I assure you those episodes are filmed in you know in one several month period and then they come back and do all of the, the voiceover stuff later yeah and all you know the interview you see or you know the the two shot you see at the beginning yeah. of Adam and Jamie talking to one another is shot.
0: Well, well after. after all
1: the episodes are made, yeah, they know exactly what they're about to see on the, on the show. They're, not, so, they're, they're, they're under no, <laughs> no illusions about what's coming up next as they're talking about it.
0: So what are our chances of getting close to Mythbusters within the next handful of episodes? <sighs>
1: <laughs> I mean, we can blow stuff up and hurt each other. That's easy. Okay.
0: All right. So uh, keep your eye open for the next episodes where we blow things up and hurt each other to try to keep your attention. <laughs> while,
1: uh, while Do you we, want to monetize this thing or not?
0: Yeah, I mean, I I've only got 10 fingers, so we'll at least get 10 episodes before uh, before I'm a stumpy <laughs> a husk of, of, of what I used to be. Um,
1: so, it's great. No, he's not making fun of accidental amputees.
0: No, no. Uh, um,
1: so... What, uh,
0: so, okay, yeah, I, I agree with that. Could have used some cutaways. I mean, the sound, I think, um, you know, I know you, you did an extra cut with some of the sound. I have no idea how to add that back in. I have to be completely honest.
1: And and I have a similar problem, especially because you're using software unfamiliar to me. Yeah. There's got to be a way to do it, but without, yeah. without me learning how to use a Mac yeah. out of the blue, I don't yeah. see how I'm going to get into your final cut. Yeah. And I, apparently the uh, export-import... It just didn't want to. Yeah,
0: um, the lighting eh, was also we could have done better with that. Yeah, I think there are a lot of things that um, that I do differently, but in the spirit of, of, of making and sharing things, you know, one of the most important things for me, at least. Excuse me, we're having some beers here. It's um, it's uh, this should work after after dark. So, anyways, <laughs> um, you know, I think. Uh, it, I forget what I was saying entirely, but in, in, yeah, in the future, I I think that we'll, um, we'll fix some of that stuff. And Oh, right, right. You know, in the true spirit of, um, of making, I think the most important thing for me was to get the episode out there just to get, you know, there's the, in the quest for, for perfection, we sometimes never get anything done and I'm learning and I'm just gonna, I'm, I'd rather just learn in front of people than, um you know, sit on this stuff for, you know, six months and toil away at it to try to make something um, perfect and lose all of this work in the process. So this is a learning experience um, for me. So that's, uh, that's interesting. What, a, what about some good stuff? Anything, anything fun that you liked about it? Or is it all just a train wreck?
1: I don't know that it's a train wreck. I, mean, <laughs> I know, I know things about train wrecks. So. Sure.
0: Right. Cause you're, um, you're an engineer
1: for me, I mean, we kind of came at it cold. I mean, I guess you you probably yeah. had more more subconscious sessions with yourself, deciding what sorts of things you wanted to think about and talk about. Not really, I, actually. I kind of I kind of came into it cold, and I thought we had a good <laughs> yeah a good process of deciding to do some projects. And, yeah, you know, here are our options. And yeah, let's let's figure out something to do.
0: Yeah, I actually had, I came in uh, with very little plan. I think it's just <laughs> I was giving you the benefit of the doubt. No, no it's I think it's I think I'm just good at um getting up in front of of a group of people and kind of knowing where I want to end up and then um you know I just have a process in my head of how how to get there usually and so Well, yes, and it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we did a little uh improv, I guess. Hacker um, improv. Yeah. So that was good i like the projects that we ended up with too and we should talk about those in a little bit um but i think for the next one you know one of the things that we were talking about after we cut the episode was um you know we're, we're i i feel like i'm developing a list of of assets that i can use in the next uh recording we do which is going to be very useful and so what that tells me is i i have you know i have things like uh my my music set up now for the episodes and i have things like um how to quicken the pace of the video and everything all done and i learned how to use final cut which is cool so i got all those things more or less down and so now for the next round there's some things i'd like to do differently and i think i think those mostly relate to the problems that we're talking about right so um definitely we'll have our our, our main cut or our main footage but I, I want to do a lot more B-roll um, of the stuff we're doing. And I think that'll be interest, easier, rather, when we get into the project stuff, right? Because th- then, you know, there's going to be multiple parts in the process, and there's going to be planning phases, and there's going to be problems that arise, and when you're just talking and stuff, it's... Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. trying to make an episode out of a single, long, continuous shot, you know, was born to turn out the way it did. Right. And, you know, Yeah, once we actually have projects that are worth showing yeah. that have been, you know, assembled over several sessions. Right. Some of them sitting on a couch, some of them with, with sleeves rolled up. Yeah. You'll get uh, a much more interesting mix of, you know, a shot in my garage, a shot in your backyard.
0: Right. So, so, uh, why don't we, why don't we talk about the, the projects then because that seems like what we're kind of moving towards anyways. Yes. Let's. And, um, you know, we talk about them a little bit in the episode, uh, which you can find, by the way, and I'll, I, I'll announce the link at the beginning of this podcast when I go to edit it, but um, it's at shouldworkmedia.com, and then if you go to the blog, the video should be right there. Um, but I, I you know, I, I don't think we, um, we go into as much detail about some of these projects that we're really passionate about, um, and I don't want to belabor it, but I think that we could talk a little bit about you know, some of the projects that we picked, why we picked them, and um, where we think they're gonna head, you know, what, what the main problems are gonna be. So um, just to kind of uh, uh, recap, we picked um, six projects total, um, two from a list that Andy had, two from a list of mine, and then two kind of joint project uh, things. So uh, number one is uh, a floating island made out of cement. Um, for uh, uh, the pond in Andy's backyard and possibly putting a camera on it or something like that too which which could get interesting because of water and cameras. Um, we have uh, doing the uh, the shed improvement slash move which involves taking a big heavy thing moving it and improving it somehow. We've got uh, the Nintendo Labo toy so we're gonna make a cardboard toy for the new Nintendo console. Project Liberty, which is a set of custom controllers that I can talk about. Um, a Halloween scary uh, Halloween decoration thing, which I think we decided is our first project that we're going to do. And then some sort of a chat telepresence system for, so that our daughters can talk to each other um, long, <laughs> short distance, really, since you live across the street. So what about the, tell me a little bit more about the floating island.
1: Um... I guess I didn't bring it up at the time because, you know, it, it tends to make me sound insane, which, <laughs> to, be, to be honest, is fair. Um, but, you know, I have various cockeyed fantasies. One of them is that it's theoretically possible to, you know, I, I think not to paint myself as a libertarian, but there is a libertarian fantasy about libertopias that are little floating islands out in the ocean. Uh-huh. And so Made out just, of just, just, well, no, not necessarily. <laughs> But spinning along those, along that, you know, as I drive along or sometimes in the shower, I have these weird thoughts. Yeah. And one of them is about these floating islands. How would you produce them? How would they be safe? How would they, how would they not, how would you keep them from sinking like Atlantis? Right. We've right. already, we've already got the prototype of an island civilization that sank. And, you know, so that's really your first, your first problem in building anything that floats is how do you, Prevent this ultimate catastrophe, and that. What I came up with was these little cells made of uh, plastic bottles, plastic food containers, okay. um, such that they can't not float. <laughs> right. And then surrounding them with just enough concrete to give them uh, some structure and some rigidity, stre- some strength, and uh, yeah, uh, solar. You know, it's not going to you know, UV resistance. It's okay. It's it's going to be a permanent. You know the the aliens will find it when humans no longer exist. What if
0: you What if you did this on top of the giant trash heap that's floating around somewhere in the Pacific? Well, that's exactly <laughs> right. I mean, you know the,
1: the non the non crazy parts of this right is that there are floating oil platforms, there are mm-hmm. ships. <laughs> Many things yeah. exist, and right. some people have talked about uh, biodiesel. You can. Farm algae and, and produce biodiesel from it. Okay. And so you know the ability to build a reliable platform, in spite of you know hundred foot waves and typhoons and whatever else you got to worry about, you need a thing that isn't going to sink on you.
0: Right. <laughs> Bottom line. Number number one is don't sink, and then all the rest falls in. You, oh, you, you step can, you one: don't sink. Where's step two, two: get khaki pants. <laughs> step three. Blank. <laughs> for profit. Yeah, right. Okay. All right. So we've got this this platform. So this is like a prototype then? for.
1: I mean, in reality, I'm going to die alone and and obscure like anybody. Yeah. And I'm never going to be the guy that builds a floating island in the Pacific. But the guy that does will have to cite me in his literature.
0: Ah, uh, so. okay. All right. You're not looking for
1: greatness. I aspire to greatness but I have no no, no, no land somewhere no no, delusion, <laughs> no, delus- no delusions of said grand.
0: Oh so you know I do I am deluded um, highly highly so. So when we get to my project I'll be speaking about them in very grand and unrealistic terms probably. Okay, so we got this floating platform. How the hell are we gonna get a camera on it? number one um, whose battery works? Uh, number two, that can work even when it gets
1: wet and outside all the time. Oh, you, you almost got to go solar to power it, whatever it is. Right. So that least solves your battery problem.
0: And then it's got to be wireless. It's got <clears> to be could we use our our oh? Could we use our fancy new amateur radio licenses to stripe video over radio? Because It's been done.
1: I mean, well, to be honest, I, I, I'd hack a baby monitor before I tried to start from scratch.
0: It's got to be so much less power to do it over radio than, like, Wi-Fi or anything like that. where You've got, like, a whole
1: protocol going on. I wonder how Wi-Fi thing. works. I wonder if there's some sort of electromagnetic wave that must be trapped <laughs>
0: <laughs> It's at a much higher... Um, Honestly,
1: I don't know. That That's actually probably worth researching is what frequencies is Wi-Fi on. I assume it's one of the available bands. Well, we know what that frequencies
0: doing. Wi-Fi is on. Because they're reserved
1: bands, yeah, two point well, four and five gigahertz. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, two point four and five. That's really up
0: there. Okay. Yeah, so those are set aside. That's why. That's why it that's is so short. That's sub-microwave. Which ex- yeah, which it explains not so far, like, right? It doesn't get the distance. Right now, if you want distance and you want that signal to we'll get to your house, now we're talking. You know. Two meters. Right. There, yeah. Our little two-meter yeah. radios got two-meter one radios line. So have no problem doing that. Oh, yeah. And. I mean, your data quality isn't going to be great. I don't know, but you, can, there, fit, you again, can fit you okay. low res video on that. Yeah, your data quality is definitely not going to be great. You cannot you're not able to fit as much data because the uh, the wavelength
1: is is. Uh, um, I almost I almost want to go back to my my little study guide from the ham test. Yeah. Because there was special there are special dispensations put out there for exactly. If you want to do this crazy experimental stuff, you get a little extra leeway on what would otherwise, you know, we won't. It won't have to announce its station ID every ten minutes. Well, I don't think <clears throat> um, I don't think you need a. This is this is a telemetry project that won't have to do that.
0: Yeah, I don't think you. Um, well, that's interesting. That's an interesting point because there are certain things I remember that you don't need to announce your your stuff for. Um, it was like uh ba ba something was like control radio airplanes. controlled stuff, right? Yeah. So if it's like automated. Um but you could I mean you could have you could have something I mean, if it's computerized at least, you could have it
1: announce its presence. Well yeah, I mean, you could probably well, you probably put put an overlay yeah. on the image of you know, yeah. whose image it is too. But yeah. I'm hmm. just, you know, again that's somebody's done it. There's a YouTube video. I don't know how that would work. How we how we incorporate it into this project.
0: Well, that would be like a APR. That would be an automated packet relay system kind of uh, in that same neighborhood. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Because it's just stuff. automatically it sent packets
1: the, of data. And they have... I know they have video protocols that right. run under that sort Over of yeah. scheme. Over APR, yeah.
0: Yeah, so... Okay, so, so we got a, some kind of a radio something-something going on it. Uh, not Wi-Fi. Um, probably not anything... Too short range, um, but as as a result, probably not something that's going to be transmitting um, uh, very granular, you know, data packed um, packets, right? But still, you'll have something. Um, okay, all right, I like it. I like it. Uh, why don't we move on to the next one? We've got. Um, you know, the shed improvement and and move. What is a shed I mean, I know we came up with this on the fly. Well, I what was more about is- the
1: moving. The improvement came from yeah. the other half of the team. Yeah. Well, I mean and, you can't just there, I move mean, a shed as long as long, a as, as, as long
0: as kind of this should work. We're gonna move a shed today. <laughs> and then you I think you problem. might
1: be impressed with the uh, the quality of the ideas involved in moving the shed.
0: Okay well I mean I, I buy it I'm just uh, I'm not saying the shed don't
1: need to wouldn't stand to be improved but yeah I, I think that I don't, have a, I don't have a specific idea on what sort of improvement we need to direct that toward
0: um, you know I all I'm saying is uh, you know let's say we we uh, we put a flamethrower on your shed.
1: hey every every shed needs a security device
0: a, a shed flamethrower might get people might peak the our audience's network more than, uh, Uh, Moving it, but wait. So if if moving it's going to be interesting, why is it going to be interesting? Because to me, all I imagine doing, we're not going to pick it up, right? Right. We're not going to manhandle this.
1: The (laughs) idea would be to avoid that as much as possible. Right. Well, what does that look
0: like in your mind?
1: I have a a family of ideas that you know. If one fails, I I I have backups. Uh huh. Putting it on wheels. The guy that delivered the shed. I mean, it's a it's technically a portable shed because our mm-hmm. town requires you to build a foundation mm-hmm. for anything that's not technically portable. So they developed this style of shed for that type of u- municipality. They're, yeah. gonna, they're gonna make you pour a concrete pad for anything that's a fixed shed. So here right. are these portable ones that are okay. don't require a foundation of any kind. Yeah, it's basically a it's two two long four by fours form the the main you know the bottom portion of the structure. Okay, and so. The guy that delivered it had, you know, a little two-wheeled. It was almost like a scooter. It was like a giant. It looked like a giant uh, Segway so, with a fork on it, and he could pick up one okay. end and the other end had wheels. It's but, like a at time, but at like the time, the time it, at the time, I had a tree in the way of where I wanted yeah. the shed to go, so I. Yeah, I had to. I had to live with this compromise. So
0: is this whole episode, this the the whole episode of moving the shed going to be us riding around on a scooter with a forklift on the front of it? And you don't think the people will watch that? The first five minutes will be moving the shed, and then the rest, the, the fifty five minutes of it is will all be all this screwing around. You know, I, I worked at a law firm once upon a time uh, when I first got out of college, and um, this was when I thought I wanted to go to law school. But anyways. Um, I was walking by an attorney's desk one time, and uh, he's sitting behind his, his, in his office, he's sitting behind his, well, he's sitting behind his computer, laughing his ass off, and he goes, come here, come here, come take a look at this, and it's um, warehouse footage, right, like the security cameras? Oh, sure, I've seen some of, those. of two employees working together, and one's like stocking stuff, and the other guy's right around his forklift, and he, he, the guy with the forklift isn't paying attention, and he forks the other guy, and then he lifts him up. Like I'm sure it was awfully painful, um, and I'm sure our law firm was not representing anything good. Right? They're probably just trying <laughs> to make sure the guy couldn't like get workman's comp or
1: something like oh, that. Oh, so this right? wasn't just a random YouTube video. This was an actual no. Litigation. This was a
0: litigation that they were working on, and this this attorney who's litigating the case or defending, right, or whatever, is uh, is laughing at the the. So this, misfortune. Like Lloyd Right. So all I'm all, all I'm saying is I'm gonna be standing clear of you if <laughs> we're screwing around
1: with the forklift because lessons uh, learned at at the law office. Yeah, at
0: at the expense of somebody else's misfortune. Yeah. So, um okay. So I mean really, how long is it gonna to take to move this thing? I don't see it taking
1: that long. I probably is gonna be an hour, but there's it's not something you just up and do. There's there's setup, there's What's the setup There's like? There's like three moves. You know, you got to you pivot it on one corner and uh, then it lands and then you got to pivot it on the other corner. It's basically it's going to be like walking it a bit. Mm-hmm. Like if you, you remember when you when you bought that uh, that helium tank and Yeah, the way, you, the, way you, and the way you move it is kind of odd.
0: Yeah, you give it a little shimmy. Right. Almost. So
1: oh, no. That's you know, just imagine doing yeah. that with a small house. So what do you need me to do for
0: this? Because I'm not driving the forklift, right? Yeah. and being, I don't want to get my feet. I don't want to become the Wizard of Oz, you know, the little the witch underneath the house. <laughs> it's like <laughs> her legs roll up at the end of it, right? So oh, you what, can be the
1: lollipop. Gil. How about that? <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. Well, then I'll sing and dance while you move the <laughs> the shed, and uh, provide you with the moral support you need to go on your journey. Uh, I don't know what you need me to do. I won't know till I get you there, man. Okay, so you're gonna need me for something. You just don't know why yet. I can't do it alone. Okay, all right. So, what are how, what's the improvement gonna be? We're gonna get some black lights in there, make it right? a party room. Oh, we could totally rave
1: it out, Yeah, <laughs> I think that's 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 popular. I well, agree. currently you keep when my the, children were small, they use it as a schoolhouse, so it's only natural that it should become right. a rave now that they're entering right. teenage. Although
0: years. I mean, it's gonna be a weird rave because don't you keep the mice that you catch in there so that you can. That's
1: the other shed. Oh, that's the other. No, that's oh, the, okay. This is the
0: nice right. free shed. Right, right. Okay. So this is that's. So for those of you who, who don't um, live near Andy, he's he has a glut of sheds. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a it's a it's a flotilla. Shed one and shed two. It's a, it's a convoy. No, the shed. flotilla. We already talked about the flotilla that's going in your backyard in the pond. I like now that I'm thinking about this. I like that all of your projects. I'm looking at some of these other ones. The, a lot of these are
1: just they're, like, sense, they're essentially home improvement. They're home that improvement. I'm roping you
0: into. The, you're roping me into for the <laughs> the video series, and I'm looking at mine, and not one of them is a home improvement project. <laughs> I do that on my own time, and I and I but
1: that's that's why you're the sucker.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't. I just you know I, I don't think people want to watch me like tear siding oh. off of my my house. That well, was, no, nobody would have wanted
1: to watch that. Was I. awful. That might have made a good podcast though, because you did a lot of fine cursing.
0: I, that would not
1: have made a good podcast.
0: <laughs> I I injured my leg dramatically in that, and I I it and that was, that
1: would have made any lawyer pee his pants laugh.
0: Yeah, that's what we. This should be a podcast where we get hurt, and then lawyers can watch our videos. Okay, <laughs> uh, okay. So um, we should not. We should. We should tone that down just in case this ever becomes a thing, and we need insurance. <laughs> like, like, you know, That's a. Uh, like it There's become problem problematic. Rack
1: up. Right. Yeah. And ensure it size.
0: Yeah. Let's go and see, uh, let's go and see what this thing's all about. It sounds like they have a podcast episode explaining what, uh, what the video series is about. Oh my God. <laughs> they're, they're talking about getting forklifted in the ass. And, uh, <laughs> anyway. Okay. So, um, all right. So, uh, let's uh let's let's talk about some of my projects so the the nintendo labo toy is uh kind of near and dear to my heart because it's um so the the nintendo switch is a console that nintendo released and um the the console's portable so it's got a screen uh that's portable with it and then on either side of the screen are detachable controllers and those controllers have sensors in them and they have haptic feedback and all sorts of other fun stuff. And so they've created this um, these kits under the moniker Nintendo Labo. And the way the kits work is that you put the controller sensors into different custom cardboard designs that they've made. After you put the cardboard stuff together, so you construct whatever it is that they want you to make, like a piano or a fishing rod. And then you put the sensors inside of it, and then you have the screen, and sometimes the screen will you know, um, control the cardboard device. Sometimes the screen will um, be another form of output, so you can watch some video of something happening while you turn knobs and stuff that the controllers are hooked up to. Um, so anyways, it's really cool because you get to construct part of the game and feel a sense of ownership over it. And, you know, Nintendo more or less has said, we want the community to build cardboard things for our um, console as well. And so I'm really interested in, um, you know, uh, taking a stab at um, making these cardboard toys, which my kids love. Um, and, and uh, you know, seeing where where this takes me, I've, I've not done a lot of paper craft or cardboard work in the past. Um, I have a feeling with you know some of the things i'm working on at at, uh, at work at depaul that um you know getting better at working with cardboard will be important for um you know uh, teaching and and uh, teaching and helping run this industrial design degree that we're creating so um you know that's where my head's at is I, I think i can make something cool out of this cardboard but i've learned a lot in just the research process of how to manipulate cardboard that has has really um you know, exposed me to how, how how many choices are made when people uh, do these kind of cardboard creations. There's different kinds of, of corrugated cardboard. Mm-hmm. Were you aware of, like, there's tons and tons of different kinds of, of cardboard, possibly more than paper, you know? Um, so, you know, thicknesses, densities, uh, all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, so that's number one. You got to do that. And then if you're doing it at home, you got to figure out a way to fold and perforate and cut that cardboard precisely. And I actually found a way to do that, too. So um, so that's going to be fun to play with, I think. But, but you seem drawn to this project, too.
1: I do for a lot of reasons, not the yeah. least of which being that I've done more than my share of making stuff out of cardboard just as a, as a kid. Okay. You know, that was... Uh, it's an easily found material. Everything you everything you buy or are or, or given as a kid comes in a cardboard box. Right. And hell, I mean, who doesn't know that your kid loves the cardboard box more than the toy that came in it? Right. And I was definitely that kid. And we, I think, we built we build structures. We built climbable forts out of the moving boxes. Yeah. When uh, my family moved from the north side what of the city. What did you reinforce them here? with? We were small, so you didn't you didn't, did, did, didn't, didn't it require a lot of reinforcement, but you did have to be aware that cardboard will bend if it's just a single panel, okay. and so that panel needed to be reinforced with okay. with sticks or with extra folds or with a bit of tape. Yeah, all of which was readily available because we had just finished right. moving an entire household from you know one side of the city to the other.
0: The, there's a good book called Make Space. I think Stanford D School released it, and they show how to make. Um, box chairs uh chairs out of cardboard boxes Hmm. and you cut these cardboard cross members kind of like an x um and so they sit one sits inside of the other or they both sit inside of each other really and you cut them so that the x is as big as you know it, it spans the four corners of the box and then you put that inside of the box and if it's a dense enough cardboard that alone will reinforce it another hot tip i've learned uh, in my years is if you're doing structures with cardboard um, and you save the Styrofoam in, uh, mm-hmm. inserts that mm-hmm. are in there. Yeah, oh, yeah. you can put those back in because they're perfectly sized and Styrofoam is actually quite resilient. So that'll reinforce the, the box for you as well.
1: It's interesting that foam and cardboard that's foam is the second most available right uh, prototyping tool, the one design studio class I took. Yeah, I believe was fifty percent spent. Yeah, with a, with a hot wire cutter. Hot wire cutter, yeah. Pink, pink, cutting pink foam. Yep. Into whatever the current project was. Yep.
0: they're all different kinds of foam. That I, you know, I, I don't know if pink foam is actually the best one for prototyping. I was recently. It's reading, one of the denser ones. But yeah. You
1: know, regular regular white styrofoam works just yeah, fine. No, I don't think it was. It's
0: like a there's like a, like a purple kind or something like that that you can get at the hardware store too. That I was reading it might
1: be the, the hardware store stuff. Yeah, it comes in two different.
0: Depending on what hardware, store, hardware store, you might even more.
1: Yeah, you may have to order some special, and then there's actual uh, purpose-made. Right. Prototyping foam. Prototyping foam level. Yeah,
0: cardboard and foam. It's uh, uh, you know easy to work with. Nintendo calls their um, the Nintendo Labo, I think lovingly cardware. <laughs> so instead of hardware, you've got the cardware
1: um that's what actually kicked it off you know there was a, there was a four-hour meeting and someone managed to put those two words together yeah that portmanteau yeah. is what launched the nintendo Labo. i guarantee it yeah probably i mean it's pretty cool we would we're gonna call it cardware i like it and that's and that's the product was born right. so the fortunes were made so i um i'm really
0: excited to work on the nintendo labo toy i think that that's going to be a f- a fun little project and then and then my other one here is called project liberty and i don't remember god's honest truth i developed this thing three four years ago maybe i don't remember why or how i came about its name but um you know the the idea behind it was is solid and i executed on it and that is um you know to take Multiple controllers that I created um, that were custom, but they looked like your standard controller with a D-pad and an A and B button and to um, plug them all into one microcontroller and have that microcontroller, um, you know, average the inputs in such a way that, you know, you'd have four people playing um, a game, but they would all be playing the same character and they'd have to work together, um, you know, to drive their character. And and since I made this, I've noticed several knockoffs in um, you know popular game festivals. Uh, a lot of people are getting in a custom controller kind of stuff now, um, which is cool. I'm I, you know that's pretty pretty neat, I guess, that people are doing that. Although I think um, you know the stuff I'm doing right now is is a, is a more interesting evolution of of custom controllers. Um, but you know I've seen a couple knockoffs of this, so it'll be nice to finish this because I mean it did get some press when it was first released and I you know you gotta imagine when you put something out there like this and then other people start doing similar things and if your thing got some press and it wasn't made in a vacuum that you know other people are are probably informed by it but because I didn't um, I didn't publish it or press it too much you know they probably don't feel the need to give us that a lot of my stuff gets stolen a lot of my cool, my good designs get uh, get uh, emulated, and the funny thing about design stuff is that people don't. Um, they, there's not as much of a they don't feeling that they need to give you credit. Like if I use your code, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna cite you, but mm-hmm. if I take your your ideas, um, you know, and then build on that, and I don't need to I don't need to reference that as much and that whatever you know it's uh it's it is what it is it'd just be nice and I, I love that people you know use my stuff and that's cool uh it would just be nice if there was also some hey throw a little love back at the J. throw a little throw, hey thing you know this is a great idea sort of stuff you know I, i'm not about locking my stuff down and i never am but it'd be nice to have a little uh you know, you know, a little, uh, you know, people talking about the lineage of their ideas and where they came from, you know, and I can map back all the stuff that I, and I do all the stuff that I make.
1: Anyways, I digress. I actually had a, a, ser- a serendipitous discovery on the internet today that there was a project. I guess it was probably a couple years old, but it was one of those science news blurbs that never yeah. went anywhere because they didn't follow up the story. Probably because it wasn't all that exciting once you read once you got past the headline. Yeah. The headline being uh, something along the lines of UK scientists connect three people's brains so that they're thinking the same thoughts. Hmm. Which when you actually went ahead and, and clicked through and, and read the article, involved uh, like EKG readings and trans and at the other and at the at the at the output end, there was a transcranial stimulation. Okay. So they were reading brain waves and then sending something like brain waves transcranially. And ultimately, all they were doing was uh, one vol- or two volunteers were supposed to be tied together through that method, and then it was very similar to Project Liberty in terms of they were both shown an image. It was their job to choose to look at one half or the other of the image. And a third player was then informed of the decision yeah. that was being made. Yeah. <clears throat> In, you know, and they needed to agree to, to right. choose the left half of the right half of the image.
0: Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's the, just the idea of, um, of uh, really what you're doing with, with this game thing is, you're, number one, like you're talking about, you're, you're forcing people to kind of um, work together, get on the same page. But I think the, the, the more interesting thing that, that's happening is that you can take a game that has a specific aesthetic, like a, a specific intended mood um, and that they're trying to, to get the player in, that they're trying to comp- convey to the player. And when you, um, you know, let's say it's a, a battle game, right? Like a first-person shooter. And when you um, take the control interface and completely change what the developer... Um, intended the control interface to be for people who are playing their game, you actually change the aesthetic as well. And so the 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 war game becomes um, you know a frustrating game where people are yelling at each other because they're trying to work together and it's a cooperative game instead of a, a first person shooter. And so it's interesting that with one subtle change, you know change in code of the game necessarily, no change in the the graphics, just a change in the way you play it. changes the entire uh it really subverts the intent
1: it comes it comes down to then a learning process of how to work together with someone on what is normally you know what is normally a complicated task exactly multiple keystrokes and yeah you know i've never i think i've attempted to play doom which may have been one of the earlier first person shooters yeah and that was the last time i touched one because they they didn't they, they didn't speak to me yeah at the time or but I've seen people play them, and I realize that it's it's a full body experience to right. try to play for a, a first person shooter nowadays.
0: Oh so. gosh, I mean, you know the the um the, the fast twitch response kind of stuff, and the fact that uh, you can't really be an esports player past a certain age because your refluxes aren't quick <laughs> enough is is um you know, there's all sorts of fascinating things that are that are happening in there that people you know have value in it, but I could never could never go back and. And do that stuff anymore, just because you know, they're so fast. Mm-hmm. They they measure themselves in clicks per minute, and and they get up into like the three hundred some odd clicks per minute per minute. Okay, all right. So those are those are four of those projects, and then we've got two more. So we got this Halloween thing, and we gotta make this thing, man. And we have to make it pretty soon. Yeah, it's short time. Yeah. So. Uh, the heck are we gonna do we've got all sorts of we went through the bag of goodies Mm -hmm. the bin of electronics that i've got that is and you know we've got motion sensors we've got computers we've got microcontrollers we've got leds we've got speakers um gosh what else was in there cameras um uh, you know all sorts of other sensors air quality sensors light sensors what the heck are we going to build that we you know here's the problem really what are we going to build that you couldn't go out and buy for five dollars or ten dollars in a at a local you know halloween shop or grocery store what can we do there there might
1: actually be something to be said for going ahead and doing that and using that as a jumping off point especially Mm. if we're trying to get somewhere in a short period of time yeah what can we do with an existing goofy witch that has crashed into your front door and the and the, sure. the room is sticking out the back and how do we hack sure. the, how do we hack that up
0: you know I think what's interesting kind of apropos of our earlier discussion when you're talking about hacking things up is if we can change the people have a certain expectation of how Halloween how decoration usually operates on motion doesn't it
1: yeah it's a like motion sensor and it gives you some sort yeah. of a spooky Ooh
0: a sound and some like lights go off or something like that well They're real and, high on and the and the phrase yeah. we used was a
1: heart attack inducer right we want which you're yeah. never going to get right any 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 polished product has gotten that part of it removed
0: so well okay yeah so then and then you've got the the fancier Halloween decorations that might have motors on them I've got some motors lying around AC motors and stepper motors that we could play with mm-hmm. But what's the, you know, okay, so we've got, you know, we can do all that stuff. Ah, just at a loss, I, I kind of, you know, no surprise here probably, but I'm kind of inclined towards making it more of an artistic, like, you know, what does it mean to have a scary
1: decoration in your, you know. Oh, I'm I'll, I'll far for something meta, but at this point yeah. we're...
0: Or let me throw this out there, let me throw this out there. What if we just make ourselves the, the lawn decorations,
1: <laughs> and then we just yell at people? <laughs> that that uh, I, I, was, I was about to I was about to take you down the path because yeah. I think I've told you about my my buddy who run who owns the weld shop. Yeah. Uh, and has an unhealthy obsession with Halloween, such that he has a party annually. He has for ten or fifteen years now. Yeah. And he's also a, a flea market devotee. Okay. And he's, you know, every second or third weekend, he's at a flea market. And one of the things that I, that is always on his radar is the Halloween stuff that fell yeah. off a truck somewhere. Yeah. And he's got it all. He's got everything you've ever seen. And he makes a, a little walking path through his yard. He's got okay. a big-ass big yard. Yeah. And he makes a walking path. And every year, he invites 100 people over to his house and serves some food and, and makes them walk his little you know, yeah. quarter mile track with all of his Halloween toys on it. And so I've seen a lot of them and I actually, I helped him out one year, you know, putting it all up. I'm yeah. putting some fraction of it up. <laughs> I could only be there for two days or whatever. And it, right. wasn't, it wasn't enough to help him with everything. But what I ended up doing was I built a dinosaur head. Okay. Which, dinosaur slash dragon, depending on the light. Okay. And that was a really good jump scare because it was intended for a human to operate it. Because it wasn't just a thing that stood there on the lawn and waited for you to to step on the right thing. It was, you know, a a black curtain with the the thing hiding behind it. And as soon as you entered Mm. the room, the the 14-year-old who was getting paid 50 bucks for the night was back there. And he had it on a a little boom. Now you're gone. And he he swung his head out out to bite you.
0: You're going all out. I was just thinking maybe we dress up like scarecrows and drink red Solo cups in the front of my yard when people walk by. Well, that would scare me. Yell them to get off our lawn. <laughs> I'm just, you know. But if you want to make a dinosaur head and do, you
1: know, I don't know the, that I want to do that particular project all that again. We could do that too. I could do it better this time, I suppose. Yeah. But in fact, that was a pink foam and uh, plywood project. so.
0: Hmm. Okay. Well, I, I I don't feel like we've arrived. We've gotten anywhere. No, like we this. have not. We have not landed
1: <laughs> on an actual project yet. I don't think oh, we even had no. an exciting anecdote. I think the, the one day. thing
0: we we agree on is we want a picture. We want it to be able to take pictures. So mm-hmm. at the moment of, of uh, surprise, mm-hmm. you know you get a little snapshot of the of the person's face. Is that, yeah? What do you think?
1: Is that the most realistic part of it? Because I, I have no off, idea off offhand, the path to getting from what we have to that I don't know. Yeah, it's I don't. It's not obvious to me how we do that. How I know it can't be. I know it could or can be done, but at some point, I don't know what the point of it would be.
0: Yeah, I mean it wouldn't be automated. You'd probably have like a button. Uh, now, so if, if it, if it, if it, if it, if it yeah. were a
1: mirror that showed you what you would look like dead or something, then what? But now we're talking. And now you gotta have a screen on it, it's and like somebody's Teen gonna Wolf smash your Wolf kind screen. of stuff, yeah. Or Bloody Mary, or yeah. Candy Man. There's, there's a bunch of perfectly nice urban legends about saying the wrong thing into a mirror at midnight. Okay, all right.
0: Well, we're not gonna do that. Man, um, I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm just not feeling what what this thing's gonna be. Still. You know I've got these air pressure sensors too okay. I bought a long time ago and this is when I was trying to devise this idea for how to track traffic um, and so I was going to buy some uh, rubber tubing mm-hmm. and roll it across the street and then when the cars drove over the rubber tubing one end would be tied off and the air pressure sensors would get all the air forced into them get you. Yeah. you know that's something we could probably put like under a welcome mat though Mm-hmm. or on a walking path somehow and i think that's probably how you could get your picture right? Well, that sounds a trigger. trigger whatever it is right so then we just have to make sure they're scared
1: that would be the point of taking a picture of them
0: yeah uh, yeah it's like you know open up the front door and start throwing candy at them or what's the you know they're little kids we probably shouldn't do that actually
1: um yeah you're bound to find somebody who doesn't take that take too yeah. kindly to that yeah. No, yeah. not in the spirit it wasn't intended yeah.
0: yeah we just what if we just uh, conjure up one of the creepiest celebrities we could think of and when they walk up to the door have a speaker with, with their voice saying things
1: <laughs> I mean that fits the definition of the hi right? how
0: you doing <laughs> want some candy come inside oh. actually it's Igor right oh I love it all right, well, all right, let's move on because uh, this is not ripe for the picking, I don't feel like right now. Okay, finally, chat system telepresence. I like this idea. You know, we've got phones, so we, you know, the, the, the obvious uh, uh, criticism of this is there's like five different forms of technology that you could already, already do, do this. Right. Bro. You, could already, you could use an iPad or you could use your phones or... You know, you've got these ham radio things now that you could use as well. And that's all well and good. But I like the idea of having some kind of a system, maybe that I don't have to, um, that's that's just really easy for a kid to walk in front of and, and you know, go, uh, hi, how you? you know, like a, like the, the solo cups with the string between them, you know, mm-hmm. that's like super simple. Um, pick it up, you just start talking. Maybe somebody's on the other end, maybe they're not. But that's the whole point, Right. Um, you know, a phone, you got to call somebody, you know, there's, there's like a certain, uh, answering component to all those other things where the other person has to accept, you know, the the call or whatever. And it'd be kind of cool. Almost. They have like a fake, it it almost be like a digital window. You know, you have a digital window in, in my kid's room or wherever. Mm -hmm. And when they walk in front of it, (laughs) you know, like the paintings in Harry Potter, (laughs) you just at your house, see like a child walking in front of you know, the the painting on your wall or whatever.
1: There's something there. Yeah, you're, you're conjuring an interdimensional portal. Right, you know, yeah. That, that You know, it's it's 100 feet between our houses. Yeah. You can, you know, actually have it just set yeah. up like a mirror that looks into the other house. Right.
0: We have to put it in a place, you know, where uh, people don't walk around in their underwear um
1: or about like i've heard i've couch. heard that limits the number of places it could go in your home but i yeah um, that, that's
0: strong but nice. now
1: you give me other ideas for <laughs> this particular
0: project, so. well i'm just speaking off the cuff here i think it i think it could work um maybe oh you know how when you add when you're doing those chat video things and you can put like the oh, house sure. face in yeah. front on people's things like if somebody walks in front of the thing with their underwear on it would just put (laughs) pretend clothes on your body, you know, like a... (laughs) It it, it puts a barrel and suspenders on Right, yeah, bang, bang, boom. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) you look like a cartoon walking around your house. No, I think we could do, you know, there are are rooms in our house where the underwear is kept to a minimum. Um, You know, we wear off all of our clothes. So uh, I think that could be fun. Um, You know... I don't think it would become a widely used product because, quite frankly, I don't even think we're going to use it all the time. I think no, it's no. I mean, the project created. is yeah,
1: the project <laughs> itself is much more about the, the execution. How, right. how how would you do this? How mm-hmm. is this to be done?
0: And I think we could do that certainly. Um, you know, I mean, it really might even be as simple as uh, a persistent chat window, I mean, Skype, that's open. I mean, that's probably. <laughs> almost problem solved. But you'd want to put it in like a frame, like a picture frame, almost, you know, mounted to the wall somehow. Really give it a a picture, like a Harry Potter picture kind of feel. I think it would be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I think it would be kind of cool. All right, well, um, we're, we're getting close to the hour mark here. And uh, I think we've talked, you know, pretty in depth about... Um, you know, the recording process for this thing and also some of our projects. I don't have much else to say. Andy, how about you? Nah, no, i
1: probably got to call it a night here pretty soon anyway.
0: All right. Well, um, for those of you, again, who are interested in watching the first uh, very rough episode of uh, the This Should Work video cast thing, uh, go to our website at shouldworkmedia.com and check out the blog section and the video will be embedded right there um you know bear with us as we try to work out some of the kinks and thanks for joining us for session nine andy i like to do this at the end of every uh every episode where should people find you
1: online because they know where to find me hmm, well for using my real name i go by andrew j Morin at hotmail.com okay spell it like a sound how like about if there's any silent letters in there how
0: about twitter are you on twitter or anything like that
1: Tweet me at Drew J. Moore, I believe.
0: Yeah, that's right. Okay, cool. All right, so um, check out the, the, the first video cast episode on, on YouTube or on our website uh, at shouldworkmedia.com. And, um, you know, stay tuned for next time. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit uh, more with, uh, with some of uh, the ham radio people that Andy and I were just talking about. Um, who trained us and helped us get our licenses in This Should Work Session 10. All right, bye-bye.